1: Welcome to the morning after on SportsGrid. You're listening on SiriusXM channel 204. I'm your host, Ariel Epstein. What an all-star break yesterday. We finished things up. We had a great home run derby, a great all-star break. Here's where I'm annoyed. The all-star game last night, I ended up betting the American League just two nights ago because I really liked the American League. If I just waited, I would have gotten the American League a plus 100. Instead, I got them at minus 106. I'm annoyed because patience is something I'm really, really bad at. And it messed me up yesterday. Anyway, the American League does get the win. It's now eight straight years where the American League has won. They cashed that plus 100 on the money line. As for the total, it stays under. Overs at Coors Field. I know a lot of people were high on that, but when the director of trading at the FanDuel Sportsbook, John Sheeran, comes on the show and gives you a play, you should take the under. Ben, good morning to you, and happy Wednesday.
2: American League dominance, Ariel, in the All-Star game. Eight straight wins for the AL. You bring up that total, by the way, going under the number of 11 for 10 of the last 11 years. So when you look at an all-star game and you see all the bats and firepower out there, even at Coors Field, where in 1998, they scored 21 combined runs, it's good to bet the under. An under in an all-star game? Ew, putrid. But when it comes to baseball and Major League Baseball's all-star game, the unders seemingly always hit, as do the American League winning the all-star game. Ariel, you know I love the FanDuel Sportsbook. You know I do. You love the FanDuel Sportsbook. You're there at the Meadowlands in New Jersey but what are they doing making the American League the underdog we got to learn now eight straight years the AL has won the All-Star Game something to keep in mind as we look ahead to 2022 for the All-Star Game
1: the bats were what stood out to me when the National League lost its best pitcher its best hitter and Ronald Acuna Jr. tearing his right ACL I looked to the American League bats and saw that the two home run leaders in Major League Baseball are on the team. Shohei Otani, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yet pitching is always the story when the unders hit. When you have the best of the best in the lineups and the under stays, uh, and the total stays under, it's the pitching. And the Nationals starting pitcher, Max Scherzer, spoke out after the All-Star game.
3: Yeah, I feel like we're, we're definitely back. You know, especially when you have the fans and they're creating atmosphere. Uh, that's that's the stuff that we crave and we missed uh, so much. Uh, I mean, you know,
2: uh, you know, for me, I, I love being in a big situation and forty thousand people are all screaming at you. Um, I mean, just get your adrenaline pumping. Uh, you know, we didn't have that last year, and then it was on. A, and when we first had initial, uh, you know, crowds, even though it was
0: limited, it was at least something. But now we're kind of getting back to the flow of things where the fans are showing back up at the park and, and you know, they're creating great atmospheres. And uh, that's what that's what makes Major League Baseball the best,
2: is, you know, when we have that type of atmosphere from the fans, and, and you, we always got to thank the fans for their support, and throughout uh, the years, uh, it makes you appreciate the fans even more.
1: Scherzer threw a no-hitter. One inning, no hits. One strikeout. It wasn't enough as the National League ends up losing 5-2. to two. Yet, Ben, I love how players will come out onto the field anyway for the All-Star Game. They'll talk about how exciting it is to play in front of all the different bands. This is something we didn't get last year. There's no All-Star break. Everyone just kind of went through the season, tried to get through Major League Baseball's shortened season last year. Everything seemed more normal this season. Ben, when it came to Max Scherzer on the mound, he was great. Corbin Burns, not so much.
2: I mean, you're right. Corbin Burns, not so great, but really the atmosphere there at Coors Field last night as we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience, Sirius XM, Channel 204, the Mightier 1090 on the West Coast. It's the morning after with Ben Stevens and Ariel Epstein with you on this Wednesday, recapping the All-Star game last night in Denver, Colorado, and Ariel, like Max Scherzer alluded to, Fernando Tatis Jr. said after the game, baseball is back to have the energy of the fans there for the All-Star game. One of the best events you will see all summer long. You saw the electricity during the Home Run Derby on Monday night Pete Alonso bopping around calling a timeout literally just to hype up the crowd not even to take a couple of breaths to hype up the crowd the energy the excitement all week long at the all-star game was so much fun to see and hopefully if you were there to be a part of it was a great time and it's something I think to take into account as we start to do our early handicapping looking at the second half of this major league baseball season as fans start to pack in throughout this summer especially when we get to the home stretch and into the playoffs I think that home field advantage and the electricity you might see from those home fans will start to weigh in with how you do your handicapping and how you approach your lines in your run line and your total. These are all things that we can learn a little bit from the All-Star game as we look ahead and Ariel, no strikeout props yesterday for the All-Star game. You mentioned Corbin Burns, not a great outing for him but two strikeouts. Scherzer a strikeout of his own. The National League pitchers combined for 12 strikeouts yesterday. The AL only three. The AL gets the win. If they would have set a total a strikeout prop for the NL the over probably would have hit ariel
1: Freddie Peralta, the Brewers' uh, relief pitcher, he also had three strikeouts, struck out the side in his sole appearance in the All-Star Game. We're going to get to a lot more here on the morning after from what happened last night. One of the youngest players ever to win the All-Star Game MVP was on the field. We'll hear from the manager of the National League, Dave Roberts. I'm still here to say the home run derby is the best part of the All-Star break. There is nothing better than it. Opening day is awesome. I love opening day Major League Baseball. It should be a national holiday. Yet, Ben, as for events, it's the best event in all All All-Star games.
2: I agree. I love the Home Run Derby. I mean, the skills competition in basketball is great. The skills competition in the NHL is awesome. Dunk contest, three-point shooting contest, all great. Nothing better than the Home Run Derby, especially Ariel Epstein, when you give the people a winner of Pete Alonso at plus 450 as your best bet on Monday to cash that ticket as well.
1: I'm glad that hit because, truthfully, I hated betting on the home run derby. I just like to live in the moment and enjoy the storylines that go with it. There was a big storyline last night. We'll talk about it coming up next. You're listening here on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports
0: Grid Network.
1: We're back on the morning after on Sports Grid. You're listening on SiriusXM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. The American League wins for the eighth straight All Star game. They win by the final score 5 to 2 over the National League. It was the youngest player ever to catch in as the MVP for the All Star game, and that was the Toronto Blue Jays' own Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Vladdy Jr. ends up going 1 for 3 with 2 RBI. And a run scored. Um, pretty sure he hit a home run in the game. And it was really great to just watch him out there on the field. I wish he was in the home run derby. However, for Vlad Guerrero Jr. to win the All-Star MVP, Ben, to be the youngest player to do it, it's pretty awesome.
2: 22 years old, 119 days is what Vladdy Jr. was last night when he won that all-Star Game MVP. At the age of 22, I was not doing anything as cool as what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is doing right now, who also matches his father's feet, Vladimir Guerrero Sr., of hitting a home run in the All-Star Game. Also a shout-out to our good friend Joe Sapia, who was on this show yesterday. We were looking through the All-Star Game props on the FanDuel Sportsbook, exploring those home run props. Looking at Shohei Ohtani, Fernando Tatis Jr., and Joe said that he felt most confident in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to hit a home run yesterday. If you followed Joe's incredibly steadfast advice, that would have paid out plus three twenty in the home run prop category for the All Star game on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So, so a shout out to Joe P. Sapia, leading the people to a ton of plus money throughout the All Star game. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the All Star game MVP. If you look right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, Ariel. Plus 210 to win the American League MVP when all is said and done at the end of this MLB season. Sadly, it's not going to happen if Shohei Ohtani keeps doing what Shohei Ohtani is going to do. He's minus 290 as the odds on favorite to win the AL MVP.
1: Another thing that I wasn't able to touch on, but I'm sure you did all day yesterday, with Shohei Ohtani not even scratching the surface of winning the home run derby, not even getting into the second round. Anyway, for the American League, now that they've won eight straight games, it ties the second longest win streak in All-Star Game history. The National League actually won eight straight games from 1963 to 1970, the longest win streak in All-Star Game history is 11 games, set by the National League in 1972 and 19, all the way to 1982. Then, when these kinds of streaks happen, even if you just started on the streak this year, I know a lot of the times people will say, "Oh, on streaks, we should just keep the streak going and keep betting the streak." I'm thinking about it. Yeah, let's just keep betting the American League as long as the lineup tells us to. Someone that won't like it, the Dodgers manager Dave Roberts.
3: You know, unfortunately, uh, I'm a part of three of them, uh, so not uh, the thing I'm most proud of. Um, they came out swinging tonight,
2: and um, I think it's like, tw- uh, we're like 3-17 or 3-20 and 20 maybe in the last 24. So uh, not ideal. Uh, like I said to uh, Bill earlier, I hope I get a chance to uh, win one next year.
1: The truth is all Dave Roberts really cares about is making sure that he keeps his job and wins another World Series for L.A. Ben, you're from out there in L.A. Even though the Dave Roberts and the Dodgers cashed in last year as the World Series winners, they're still the favorites this year. They've been the favorites on the Vandal Sportsbook since the preseason. It hasn't changed despite them not being in first place. They're in second place behind the San Francisco Giants. How much from an LA perspective should Dave Roberts just say, Okay, you know what, this is all talk to the media. We've really we've gotta bring this championship to LA.
2: Well, it's pretty funny, right, because he has been in these positions as the NL All-Star Game Manager because the Dodgers have been so good winning the pennant consistently in the National League. Unfortunately, he hasn't been able to lead the National League to an All-Star Game victory, but they're coming off a World Series championship with their sights set on doing the same this year in Los Angeles. If Clayton Kershaw can get back healthy and some of that pitching staff is figured out, the Dodgers should be in prime position. It's very funny when you look at the National League standings right now, specifically the NL West division, The San Francisco Giants, the best record in all of baseball. They hold a two-game lead in that division over the L.A. Dodgers, who have the second-best record in all of Major League Baseball. But Dave Roberts mentioned it right there in that soundbite you heard. Not only has the American League won eight straight All-Star games, they have won 20 of the past 24 the NL winning three of those and then one tie in there as well in the all-star game so the American League has been dominant here in recent history but now pretty sustained over the past two decades and a half pretty much in the all-star break the AL has been the victorious side so by the time we get to mid-July next year Ariel in 2022 I can't wait to see the line that the FanDuel Sportsbook sets because you're going to look at that line, and if the AL is the underdog once again, you can take all of my money and put it on it. I'm not going to be the guy to jump in front of that trend. The American League has been absolutely and utterly dominant in the All-Star game. You keep booking them as underdogs, you'll keep taking them as underdogs. Last night, even money, a plus next to that figure at plus 100 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Certainly enjoy that, the AL winning 5-2 to two last night in the All-Star game. Maybe Dave Roberts gets back there again as the manager next year because because the Dodgers keep performing so well, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, the NL is able to bust this streak.
1: Hey, repeating's been a trend this year. You've got the Tampa Bay Lightning, Tom Brady, the American League. Maybe the Dodgers are just gonna follow suit. Ben, when it comes to um, when it comes to betting these kinds of trends, I'm with you. You want to back them. However, the reason that the American League, to me, when I was looking at the, the money line value on it just a couple of days ago. I thought the National League, they have last licks, home field advantage. That's probably why they were slight favorites. It was slight. I mean, when this line came out, it was 106 to 110. Other books were around the same, four or five cents separating the two, really, really close margins, yet it was the last licks when you can hit that last home run, get that last shot. That's what set these two teams apart. To me, it was all about the lineups. When I looked at those lineups and I saw that you had the two home run leaders of the Major League Baseball world right there in the American League going up against pitchers that are going to go just one inning, Max Scherzer looked great. He started the game. He got three straight outs. He had a strikeout. out, no hits, no walks. It doesn't matter because you still have to get to the other eight pitchers. When it came to depth, Pitching wasn't there for the National League and hitting was all there for the American League. That's what you have to look at next year. If you're deciding if you want to take the trend or not because it's been eight straight American League wins, you have to look at the lineup, Ben. And this year's lineup, it was all the reason to bet it.
2: I mean it's very difficult to handicap the all-star game but you can rely on those trends a little bit as your base layer but then yes you need to specifically dive in to that individual years lineup and when you looked at the American League Ariel I think you made a great point Shohei Otani starting on the mound also in that leadoff spot and you have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. right there as well with a jock full al lineup of studs all across the board and then you looked at the nl side and honestly two of the best and brightest stars in the national league not playing in the all-star game one due to injury ronald acuna jr sadly will miss it seems the rest of this season due to that right acl injury and then jacob DeGrom, the best pitcher in all of baseball taking the all-star game and using that break to take it off. So that would be an advantage for the AL side. Although you saw the movement, I know you're not happy about Jacob deGrom taking the time off. I don't mind it whatsoever, but I know that the movement there seemed like it was in favor of the National League, and yet the American League cashes once again. So it's the history that you start your handicapping with, and then you dive in specifically to that lineup. The AL had a very, very strong lineup with some really good starting pitching yesterday, and although they only had three strikeouts and all the pitchers that threw yesterday for the American League to the NL's 12 it was still the American League able to hold the NL to only two runs and again we're talking about all-star games even at altitude at course field where the scoring is not as prolific as you might see in other all-star games all these things to keep in mind as we get to the next Midsummer classic next year in July
1: line movement didn't mean anything either you mentioned it the line movement went in favor of the National League American League wins Line movement went in favor of the over. The under hits. None of it mattered. Those line movements, mm, nothing. I'm be, I'd be curious on Friday if we get to it with the director of trading at Vandal, John Sheeran. I'd be curious to see what his thoughts are as to why the lines moved in certain directions. Yet he liked the under. Sheeran said, "If you're getting the under at plus 100, it's good value. Mm. You might be getting inflated lines, especially when it reached 11." With what it, that's what Mid Major Matt said too. He was going to wait for it to get up and then he was going to bet the under. Smart move. Coming up next, we're going to continue here on the morning after on Sports Grid with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Evzine. We've got you covered until noon Eastern time here on the grid. back on the morning after on sports grid it's Sirius XM channel 204 with Ben Stevens I'm Ariel Epstein now that we're past the all-star break it's time to enter into the second half of the Major League Baseball season the first game of the second half will be tomorrow night it's going to be the Yankees taking on the Red Sox it's the perfect time to see if you want to go and jump in live on any of these futures bets whether it's World Series pennants division even make the playoff odds? Yeah, those are out now on the Sports Sportsbook. They weren't out before. However, now you could get the teams to make the playoffs again. They were out preseason. The book took them down. They're back up there. Ben, who's the team that you're looking at potentially for a divisional dark horse?
2: I like that we're going with the divisional dark horse right now to try to find some value in some divisions that will be interesting to watch for the duration of this summer into September in Major League Baseball. So I look at the NL East, because right now the Mets have the best record in that division, but only a three and a half game lead over the Philadelphia Phillies who have been really good heading into this All-Star break. The Phillies winning seven of their last 10 games heading into this All-Star break to get to 500 for the first time in what feels like a while. Only three and a half back. The Mets minus 250 at the top of that division. The Phillies have a good amount of value at plus 500. This really stems from the idea from SportsGrid's own MLB insider, Craig Mish, who also hosts Fantasy Sports Today, that he was talking with us last week about the National League East and it being very competitive down the stretch here in the second half of MLB season. And he said that if you're looking for value outside of the Mets, the Phillies could be a team to target. Now let's start with the Phillies flaws because there are a couple that really stand out. The bullpen is not good. Fourth worst in all of Major League Baseball. So that's not something that you can rely on in tense situations in close games to end out this year. You also look at their record against the division right now in the NL East as it stands. The Phillies just 20-22. But their odds at plus 500 have become a little bit shorter in the last 48 hours, Ariel. On Monday, it was plus 650, the third shortest odds in the NL East division on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Now, it's tied for the second shortest odds with the Atlanta Braves at plus 500. So I do think the Phillies present a little bit of value as your divisional dark horse. I expect the Mets to win this division. I expect the Mets to contend for the National League pennant as they get healthier on offense and as that starts to pick up maybe into these summer months. But if you're looking for value on the board and you're looking for a dark horse that might be able to make a run down the home stretch, the Phillies have some pieces in place, especially offensively, to be able to do that. Aaron Nola has been great this year. Zach Wheeler has been great this year. In fact, the Phillies felt that he was snubbed from an all-star game appearance. So, when you look at the Philadelphia Phillies at plus 500 right now in the NL East odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook, I think there's some value there. A divisional dark horse for you in the National League East.
1: I'm taking things to the American League East. I really like. And it's not the team you think. It's not the Yankees. Ugh. Blue, I'm going with the Toronto Blue Jays or the Buffalo Blue Jays. First of all, this is the second best offense when it comes to OPS in Major League Baseball. They've been great all year. They have the second, leading, uh, the second home run leader in Major League Baseball in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Also something to look at because we're not at the trade deadline yet. It's still approaching. It's on July 30th. With the trade deadline coming up, you have to look to the teams that have a lot of moving pieces that they could dish out. If you have a top-notch farm system, you have the chance to potentially um, you have a chance to potentially deal some players and get some in return. The Blue Jays have a top-five farm system. They also remember in the offseason got George Springer from the Houston Astros. He's only played in 20 games. Maybe Springer heats up in the second half of the season, helps to add to an offense that's already incredible, second best OPS in baseball. I would say, if anything, maybe not to win the division, even though it has some really great value around 12-1, to I think, or 8-1. to I'm going to look to make the playoffs, plus 135 for the Blue Jays to make the playoffs. I really like the bet. They're only four and a half games out of the wild card race. They are eight games back of the American League East. If you want a long shot to win the American League East, take Blue Jays. I'm going to say plus 135 seems like pretty good value for a team that could have some moving parts at the deadline and potentially even get better than where they're at right now. We have to welcome in our MSG audience. Stay right here on the morning after. We're going to be back in about 15 seconds. Stay right here. Welcome to our MSG audience in the first hour of the morning after on Sports Credit. You're listening also on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Mightier 1090 on the West Coast. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. Major League Baseball, it's that time where we just sit down, look at the futures market, see how things change, see if things are going to change even more for certain teams, whether it's for good or for bad. Ben, let's start the American League East. Things not moving in the direction of good for the New York Yankees. In fact, this was a team that had the second-best odds to win the World Series preseason. They also had the best odds. They were around minus 220 to win the American League in the East in the preseason. took a while for the book to come off them. They officially have. The Yankees are now at 10-1 to to win the division, 10-1 to to win the American League, and 25-1 to to win the World Series. Ben, how much of a fade are the Yankees for you right now?
2: I think it's so interesting when you look at those lines presented by the FanDuel Sportsbook and you see the Yankees to win their own division at the end of the regular season at 10-1, to 1, but it's the same exact odds for the Yankees to potentially win the American League at 10-1. to 1. You could not look anywhere else in baseball across all the divisional odds and see a team with as long as odds to win their own division as the Yankees have also having the same odds to eventually win the pennant and get to the World Series. The Yankees built up a little momentum heading into the All-Star break. They won five of their last seven but that momentum that I say was little because it was stunted just a tad. Two chances to end out their final two series with sweeps first in Seattle couldn't close out that third and final game and then of course against the dreaded rivals the Houston Astros with Jose Altuve walking off in that bottom of the ninth for the Astros to come back from down six, I believe it was, to walk off in that game, the final game for the Yankees and Astros before the All-Star break. So a little bit of that momentum stifled before the Yankees got to the All-Star break. But if you're looking for positive signs for the New York Yankees, look no further than this past Saturday in the performance of Garrett Cole, a three-hit complete game shutout where he struck out 12. His best performance. By a long, long margin, since the sticky stuff crackdown that Garrett Cole seemed to be a part of, with all the RPMs and the spin rates dropping on his three most successful pitches. But Garrett Cole to bounce back in the way he did against his former team, in the Houston Astros, a bright spot for the Yankees as we get to the second half. The offense needs to be better. You don't pay Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge and everybody on that roster to just be mediocre. They need to be lights out here in the home stretch. They're back eight games. In the AL East right now, in Ariel, when we talk about the make-or-miss playoff odds that you are now seeing on the FanDuel Sportsbook, for the Yankees to make the playoffs, it's plus 138. The no has the heavy juice at minus 170. That's because the Yankees right now are tied for the fourth-best record in the American League outside of division leaders. So they're tied with the Toronto Blue Jays, the Cleveland Indians, and then a third team that I'm pulling up right now, if I can get to it also oh, just with toronto and cleveland so they're tied with toronto and cleveland for the fourth best record outside of those divisional leaders so a lot of ground to make up within their own division in the american league east also if they just want a wild card spot in what has become a very jumbled al play- playoff race
1: in the national league east the new york mets are in a better position than the yankees in fact what vandal should give out And ben here's another idea i always like to give mm. vandal ideas for things to post They should post who's going to finish the season with a better record, match bet, Yankees or Mets. They would have made so much money. You know how much Yankees money would have come in on a match bet for the Yankees to have more wins than the Mets? A lot. How much do you like it? Yankees or Mets, match play every year, who's going to have more wins?
2: Love it. Absolutely love it. And I think this year it would be so much fun to watch over the second half because despite the fact that the New York Mets lead the NL East, Their record overall just 47 and 40. The Yankees, eight games back in the AL East, and their record 46 and 43, a two and a half game difference right now in favor of the Mets over the Yankees in this head-to-head match bet. You could put that up on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now and watch just the flood of money that would come in from the New Jersey area on that bet. Ariel Epstein, you are a bookmaker by trade at the FanDuel Sportsbook right now. When we give that to John Sheeran on Friday, when you present that to him, I don't know if he's going to be happy with it or mad that we keep giving him other markets that he needs to open up, but I think this would be a very profitable one for the FanDuel Sportsbook.
1: I I go with mad minus minus 550 that he'll be mad at me giving him another idea yeah John Sheeran it's a great idea especially and here's the thing Ben. New York by next baseball season should have mobile wagering in place it should be in place by the Super Bowl but again you know things are always delayed by summer we should have it maybe even before then and if we have these if we have mobile wagering in New York by spring training of course it should be a play. You're going to beat all New York and all New Jerseyans right into that one. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe the Mets turning things around. National League East, how much value do you see on the Mets?
2: I think there's value on the Mets, not in the National League East, but to win the NL pennant at plus 450. Joe Pisapia said the same thing yesterday on this show. One of the brightest baseball minds you will find across all the sports media landscape. He admitted he is a long-suffering Mets fan, but when you look at this Mets team, the starting staff has been so good this year. The fourth-best war wins above replacement in all of the majors. They have the second-best ERA. A big reason for that, of course, is Jacob deGrom, who leads all of Major League Baseball with a 1.08 ERA. But Taiwan Walker has been lights out. Marcus Stroman has been great. If they can add Cookie Carlos Carrasco back to the fold, this Mets starting staff could be one of the best in all of Major League Baseball in the offense Has so much talent, Ariel, to be better when you add Francisco Lindor, Michael Conforto, Jeff McNeil, Pete Alonso, the two-time home run derby champ. Look out for this Mets team making some noise here down the second half of the Major League Baseball season, hopefully into September and October in a deep playoff run. Plus 450 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook to win the National League pennant.
1: Oh, I can't believe those odds are so short for the Mets to win the National League pennant. That's crazy. Coming up next, we are going to talk to our own former women's basketball coach at Monmouth. It's James Young. He's going to give us the coach's perspective on the NBA Finals, which will be taking place tonight for Game 4. You're listening here on SiriusXM Channel 204,
0: the Sports Grid Network.
1: back here on the morning after on sports grid you're listening on sirius xm channel 204 with ben stevens i'm ariel epstein joining the show former women's basketball coach at monmouth it is james young james thanks for joining us on this wednesday morning of game four of the nba finals
3: well it's good to see the prop queen has returned to her throne good morning your highness
1: good morning Ben. always good a morning. pleasure my friend We're so glad to have you back on here, Coach, because it's really important to get your perspective as opposed to just our analytical, statistical numbers perspective. I want what you see on the floor. For the Milwaukee Bucks, they're still down in the Series 2-1. They had their final game of this little round tonight. Uh, Obviously, they go back to Phoenix and then potentially could come back to Milwaukee. However, for the Bucks to win Game 4, what do they have to do to beat the Suns?
3: Number one, Giannis has to be Giannis. I mean, let's talk about it. He's been spectacular these last two games, scoring over 40 points a game, and like—and they can't check him. Giannis has now decided, forget the fadeaways, forget the threes. It's north-south downhill Giannis. And when Giannis plays like that, he's a completely different animal because he puts so much pressure on the defense. You saw him move to the five, which then got Aiton into foul trouble. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But he's able to put so much pressure on the defense downhill that if he's playing like this, that's going to be key. Number two, Drew Holiday has been getting better and better this series. He's got to be aggressive. He's got to be looking for his shot because the funny thing about Drew is he's one of those players that when he gets going offensively, he becomes a bigger menace on defense. So look for him to pick up the pace and play the way he played uh, in, in game three And let's see what you got out of Middleton. Middleton has thrown up a couple of clunkers here in a row. Usually he's one of these off, on, off, on, so he's due for a game. So Middleton will probably have a better game tonight.
2: James, I want to focus on the total for tonight's game. It's set at 220 and a half right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Two of the first three games have gone over this number. Game three at 220, so just falling under by the hook. These teams have got to know each other a little bit now throughout this NBA championship series. Do you expect the defensive intensity to ramp up tonight in game number four?
3: I think it starts to pick up. I think everything is gonna start to even out now. Phoenix is gonna play better and they're gonna make more shots. But Aiton also is not going to be in foul trouble. But I think the defense gets clamped down on both ends, and I could see this game playing to the under. Uh, you know, obviously Phoenix is one of the best teams defensively, and uh, and then Milwaukee is underrated defensively. They're one of these teams that they showed it with the Brooklyn Nets series. When they want to lock them and defend, they can lock them and defend. So I do think this game plays to the under a little bit, and we're going to have a tightly contested contest tonight.
1: Ooh, good. I like it, James. Who's a player that you're going to target in the props market?
3: Well, y'all yeah, know where I'm going. PJ Tucker. Now, FanDuel, I'm very upset with you because you're finally figuring it out to move him from four and a half to five and a half. That's Terrible. okay. We're going to ride that boy. Listen, PJ, five and a half, brother. You get 30 minutes tonight. Give me a three and two layups. We're good. Get it in the first half, first quarter. So, if Ariel and Ben and I all touch this, we can relax yep. and enjoy the rest of the game. So, PJ Tucker, first off. Number two, I'm going to go to Giannis. I'm usually not big on taking overs of the best player, but guys, the way he's been playing, I know it's up to 34 and a half. I still like it. So, I'm going to go with Giannis with his points. And because I think money complained, let's hope Scott Foster isn't on the game tonight. DeAndre Ayton should not get into foul trouble tonight. I expect more of Giannis being guarded by Crowder, which lends for Giannis to get his over. But if they can keep Ayton out of foul trouble and getting him involved early, I do love his 28 and half over points and rebounds for tonight.
2: Coach, let's also talk about Devin Booker. Only 10 points in game number three, not his best performance we have seen throughout this postseason. His points prop is listed at 27 and a half right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook. If Phoenix is to win game number four tonight, does Devin Booker have to go over that point prop?
3: I don't know if he needs to necessarily go over, Ben, but he can't shoot like a four for 15, four for 16 kind of outing. He's got to get into the 20s. Now, if you're talking about Booker going off, and getting over 27 and a half, and we're talking about Aiton doing what Aiton does, and CP3 playing that way, now you're looking at the over. I don't think all three of those things are necessarily going to happen tonight. I do think Booker plays a lot more aggressive. Let's see if Monty tries to get him and DeAndre Aiton involved in pick and rolls early, get switches and let uh, Booker create with some space to him, try to get Holiday and some of these top defenders off of him. So I do believe that Devin Booker is going to be better, I don't know if he gets to 27 and a half, but I do expect him to get into the 20s and play well.
1: We're joined here by James Young, former women's coach at Monmouth. James, when it comes to these props markets, sometimes the numbers don't always tell the story. For Cam Johnson, I'm a little concerned to go and bet his prop because... Even though he's hit this prop in four of the last five games for his over and points of eight and a half, you could look to points plus rebounds as well. I look to game three where DeAndre Ayton got into foul trouble early, saw more minutes for Cam there. When it comes to betting games that may have had trends because of certain circumstances like that one, how much does it make you stay away or should Cam Johnson still be a play tonight?
3: You know, it really depends on the player, Ariel. Because Cam is a scorer, I still use. I still think you look at his over uh, points tonight. Here's why. A couple of things. One, if DeAndre Ayton is in the game and he rolls to the paint and he rolls really hard, that's going to open up shots for shooters. That's what Cam Johnson does well. But the one thing that he did do in Game 3 as opposed to Game uh, the previous games in the series is he actually in, in last game he drove the ball to the basket. I mean, he put PJ Tucker on a poster. I don't care mm. what anybody says. You get dunked on like that, that's a block. No charge. Anyway, so I definitely think that Cam is one of these guys that hunt shots and it's gonna be uber aggressive offensively. And if that game is playing to the under like we all expect, then you may need that next score to get you a couple of shots. So I do think Cam Johnson is over, I think it's over eight and a half to his points. Uh, I would still look to play that tonight.
2: James, you were on this show yesterday and you said you expect Phoenix to win this series in six games. You were on the show before the NBA Finals even got underway and you said the same thing. Suns in six. Right now, that's at plus 320 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. What will you need to see out of Phoenix tonight to make you feel confident they end this series in six games or less?
3: Well, number one, ayton has got to get going early. He softens up the defense. He rolls really hard. So let's see if they get DeAndre involved. Two, Mikel Bridges is good at transition. Let's see if Phoenix gets stops and try to get runouts and get him involved. Only took four shots the last game. Remember, game two, he went absolutely off. So, Mikel Bridges looked for him to be a little bit more of an offensive factor tonight. Three, got to get D-Book going. He's too good of a shooter, too good of a player to go and give you back-to-back efforts like he did in game, in game number three. And here's the biggest thing, guys. Phoenix is the best team on the road in the NBA all season. And very rarely do they give you two performances back-to-back where they don't play well. I expect Monty to adjust. I expect them to play really well, and I expect them to win tonight.
1: I always love looking at the first half numbers when there's first half trends. James, one of my favorite bets is Milwaukee as home favorites in the first half. They're seven zero and two against the spread when favored at home in the first half. What is it about playing a first half that makes Milwaukee that much better than their opponents? It's
3: a home crowd. It's the home crowd. It's that juice and that energy that that crowd brings. And they've been really fantastic. I mean, guys, you even saw Giannis like, shooting like Reggie Miller for the foul line you know, in, in Game <laughs> 3. So, you know, they bring that juice. But also, Ariel, some of your role guys play better when they're at home. So the Conningtons, the Bobby Portises, all of a sudden that basket looks a little bit more familiar. It looks a little bit bigger. You're a little bit more relaxed. So I do think, you know, the, the, I think you said it was minus two earlier when we talked. Um, I still do like the Bucks in the first half. I just think Phoenix turns it on in the second half and gets the win. But, yes, they're very good at home. And I expect them to come out very aggressive early, especially Giannis tonight.
2: All right, James, let's have a take right here. I agree with you. I think Phoenix wins tonight in game number four. Right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Suns are getting four and a half points They are also a juicy plus price on the money line at plus 164. Would you advise people to take the Suns and the points or to
3: take the Suns on the money line tonight? Because I like the Suns, I, I would go with the money line. I, th- I really think they have a great chance to win because I think they're going to play well. And if you want to, you could do a player a performance double I think and take it with like DeAndre Ayton over 15 points. And I think you get up over 260, 270. So if you see a prop that you like along with the Suns winning, then I would just go and combine them flat out. Now, if you're comfortable and you think the game's going to be close and you think they may lose – then I would just take the points. But me personally thinking that the Suns are going to win, I'd rather take that and a prop bet that I'm uh, comfortable with, combining them to get more plus money tonight.
1: I still love my favorite explanation of all time for James Young. You played 30 minutes. You better put up more than two or three baskets, P.J. Tucker. It's my absolute favorite. When it comes to uh, betting these futures bets, and it's the series price, James, Where do you look for that value? Are you just betting the games, or are you going to try to bet the exact outcome? Um, How would you play it?
3: Well, you know, I think at this point, I've been comfortable with the Suns in six the entire time. So if you're getting plus money at the Suns minus one and a half games, then I would go ahead and take that because if Phoenix wins tonight, then you got two opportunities to cash out and win at game five or at game six. So the fact that I like them, you know, at minus one and a half and just looking up, it looks like that they're plus 110. I like that play. So I would take a look at that and, and get them at minus one and a half and see if you can cash out there with plus money and give yourself two opportunities to win at game five or game six.
2: Although Suns in four is dead, James, that is one of my favorite bets we have seen all postseason long in the FanDuel Sportsbook when it comes to a series price and a series spread. James, finally here. Team USA bouncing back last night, a 28-point win over Argentina. What were you impressed by last night out of Team
3: USA? Couple of things. Number one, the ball movement. They move the ball, they pass the ball. Remember, the ball moves quicker on the pass than it does the dribble. So the ball movement was fantastic. Two, they got run-outs. They got the ball out in transition. The USA, traditionally, is not a great half-court team against these teams with a lot of experience. They got to get the ball out and run and get people in space where they can operate. Three, your best players showed up. Lillard, Beal, and KD were outstanding last night, particularly in the 1st of shooting from three. And four, I think you may have got something out of Zach Levine, who was really, mm. really good last night. Uh, so those four things. And the last thing is I do like Bam at the five because he's a threat on the lob and on the roll as a pick and roll as a opposed to Draymond. I do like him at the five because it gives you a little bit more pressure to put on the defense.
1: James young you catch him all over the sports grid network former women's college basketball coach at Monmouth thank you for joining us today and good luck to those bets later on tonight
3: PJ Tucker all day
1: (laughs) If PJ Tucker doesn't score over five and a half points we're just gonna relegate him to Team USA I think that's a really good grade anyway shots fired. I'm against Team USA right now because they lost their first two games. Are you kidding me? Represent us Sorry. better Team USA. Let's go. Let's get the winning streak alive. Coming up next, we're going to have our fade the public poll. You're listening here on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Network. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. We've got you covered until noon Eastern time. We're going to break down more Major League Baseball, NBA Finals. We've got more guests too. Stay right here. We'll be right back after this commercial. On the morning after on Sports Grid, you're listening on Sirius Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Let's get to our poll. It's time for Fade the Public. Fade the Public poll today, Ben. We're going just easy, straight up. Who's winning the NBA Finals game for tonight? Is it the Milwaukee Bucks or the Phoenix Suns? The public has spoken. And currently uh, on Twitter, you can check it out here in our beautiful content box. I want to get the updated lines, though. The Suns are just getting the public action, about 53%. I love it because the narrative, Ben, is probably going to be, oh, the Bucks won their game. That's it. The Suns are going to win this one. Ben, are you fading the public?
2: I wish I could, but call me public Ben today, Ariel, because I do believe, like James Young did in that last segment, that Phoenix emerges victorious tonight, not just covering the spread, which they have the best cover percentage as a road underdog in all of the NBA this year at 10-4, and four, but winning outright in Pfizer form in game number four to take a commanding 3-1 series lead. I think there's a couple of reasons why that we'll detail later where you can find value in the prop market on top of that. But expect much better games from Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton tonight in game number four against the Milwaukee Bucks. I think the defense is better really on both sides, but I think the Suns will look a little bit better defensively as well under Monty Williams' guidance tonight in game number four. So I wish I could fade the public but sometimes the public agrees with me. I think the Suns win tonight in game number four.
1: We may be on conflicting sides. I'll see how I feel full mm. game. I already said that I like that Milwaukee minus two and a half in the first half. We're going to have hour number two coming up next here on the morning after. It's Sirius XM channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. We've got you covered until noon Eastern time on the grid. Coming up in hour number two, we're going to have a new guest join the show. We're going to talk some NBA, NFL. We've got a lot to get to. Major League Baseball is hitting the second half of the season as well, and we've got Cam Rogers to close out the show in hour number three. We're going to talk PGA. We've got it all here for you on the Sports Grid Network, Sirius XM Channel 204. Coming up next, we're going to welcome in hour number two of our show. Stay right here. We'll be back after the update by Sparky Alex Visano. Are you one of us?
3: We've just got one question.